I'm a Ryder fan living in Red Deer, Alberta with Edmonton Eskimo season tickets. <laughs> you're, you're a Bomber fan in Saskatoon covering the Riders. So I don't think we have to worry about bias. They once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires. While listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography. They love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Curra, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season? Bring you the two and out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Curra will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense can't forget the nonsense grab some poutine and a double double it's time for the two and out podcast ready set hook. welcome to the two and out cfl podcast with travis curra and john fraser man i'm excited to be doing this john we finally did it we finally did what we're working together last time we were at a radio yep. station in lloydminster yep i was an intern Yep. You were getting paid. Now we're both not getting paid. <laughs> I know. Isn't it great? Working for free is the best thing ever, but I'm still going to make you buy me a Coke like I always did when you were an intern. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, last time we worked together, I was sharpening your skates, <laughs> raiding your fridge, getting the leftover chicken wings. I did make you do a lot of unusual things um, when you interned with me, didn't I? I totally wanted to call this show Two Fat Guys in a Toyota Matrix Rolling Down the Coca Cola with Gatorade <laughs> and all dressed in chips, but the higher ups wouldn't allow that. Remember that time we almost crashed like three times on that trip? Oh, that was brutal, yeah. We, we, that's a story for another podcast. What we're here to do is focus on the Canadian Football League. And a little more niche, we want to focus on the fantasy side of CFL football. Well, you and I have been part of Fantasafe fantasy football pretty well since it first came out. I mean, I remember our first draft was a few years ago. Uh, we were both still living in Lloydminster. Uh, we did it at a local bar. Uh, we didn't have any draft sheets. We had eight guys there. A few pitchers and pizzas went down, and we somehow scribbled together a CFL draft. So if if there aren't two guys that love CFL fantasy football that can literally come up with it on the fly, uh, other than the two of us, I... Pfft. I don't know who else is out there, Kura. I think we actually had a better draft in Ottawa. All of our guys were living. <laughs> we're just, not, not talking the Red Blacks, of course. Pardon me. Oh, yeah, as the they, previous. As they will be known in this spot. Red Blacks! All caps. All caps! <laughs> Loud noises! So, yeah, we're here to have fun, but we're here to talk fantasy as well. Now, the, the Canadian fantasy football game is a little... Obviously different than any other fantasy sport because you you're able to draft uh, defense and well yeah that is fun because there's only nine teams so you got to make that happen and I and I think that's a game changer when it comes to doing fantasy sports that breaks up the close matchups you have against your opponent if you got a good linebacker that has a great game man that yeah. that's going to give you the win that week. Well, especially, too, when we talk fantasy, uh, as I mentioned, we're both part of Fantasy Football, fantasy.ca. That's where our league has existed, and that's what we're going to kind of use here as a reference point. Uh, And you're right. You have to draft defense well. I mean, there's a lot of things you can kind of do, though, on a draft. And as the reigning league champion in the league that you and I are in, I guess I I can share my – I think this whole thing's a ploy – 
so I don't win the league two years in a row. You want to find out all my tricks <laughs> under the guise of a podcast. So speaking of the draft, before you yeah. sit down, what do you have in mind? What is your strategy when you go to draft? Well, the number one thing, we talked about how it is cool that you can draft defense in, in fantasy, but the yeah. one thing that I always do is I avoid defense in at least the first few rounds. I mean, the biggest reason is you look at even your biggest defensive secondary last year was Mo Leggett. He had 101 points. To Keon Raymond at 14th, he had 67 points. So you're looking at about a 40-point swing between your first and your 14th. Now, let's take a look at the wide receiver and slot back position. Last year, Darius Bowman led standard fantasy league scoring with 414 points, while the 14th receiver was Rory Colhurt. At 169, that's almost a 300-point swing. So for me, the first guys I'm going for in my draft, it's almost the opposite of the way that that, uh, CFL teams build their rosters. The first guys I always go for, I always go for my high-end offensive guys. I tend to overvalue guys a little bit if they're Canadian because, again, the league we play in, in a standard fantasy league, you have to start Canadians just like the CFL. That's a rule I love working with, and that's a rule that everybody should work with. And I I mean, another example, you look at the D-line last year, number one was Ricky Foley, who I believe I had uh, last year, Canadian with Saskatchewan, 81 points. Almondo Sewell with Edmonton was 68 points, was ninth. So you know what? You can kind of, your defensive guys, although they can have a big week and win you a matchup, no no questions asked. I don't disagree with you there, Kura, but for me, they're always later round picks, and I try to make those guys Canadian as often as I can. And I mean, the number one thing I'm looking for in a draft: don't draft uh, an an international <laughs> kicker. He's oh, got to be Canadian. I, and I know last year because they had Swayze Waters and Justin Medlock, they were the tops of the kickers. But the the difference between you know third and fourth and fifth, it's it's not a big deal. I would keep a Canadian there, a kicker for sure. Well, again, you look at that point difference. Sean White was the top-scoring Canadian last year, yeah. 126 points. Rene Paraday, who was my kicker, finished sixth out of uh, out of, of the ten or so kickers that were all that scored points for the years. He had 107. So you take 107 over the 18 or so weeks you're going to play a fantasy. You know, 107 to 126. Like we're talking like two points a week difference, and that's a spot where you can start a Canadian and not have to worry. So those are kind of two of my draft strategies. So I can't wait for everybody in our league to listen to this podcast, steal my <laughs> strategies, and completely make sure I don't win next year. But I totally agree with you there that you got to because last year Darius Bowman had a massive year. Now yes. I don't think he's going to repeat that because the, the next closest receiver was Chad Owens and he almost had a hundred fantasy points less yeah. than Bowman but Bowman he outscored five uh team quarterbacks <laughs> like I don't, he, he he was a great pick yeah it was just absolutely insane what he did last year uh I don't know if it can if it can happen again I like to keep my Canadians at kicker and if you yeah. can get a game-changing Canadian like Andrew Harris or John Cornish Yep. That makes the biggest difference in the world. I do like to plug him in a defensive line as well because as a rule of thumb, it is the you know the low scoring position. So yep. if you can get a Canadian there, that's where I would plug him in. Now for the twenty fifteen season, uh the the CFL fantasy game is unique as well when it comes to that you 
instead of picking an individual quarterback, you pick the entire team because in Canadian football, a lot of times they're throwing in another guy when they're you know in the five yard line trying to score points. Yep. Is there any teams this year that you are avoiding? I have three that I'm not touching at all unless I have to. Uh, you, for me, I would avoid the Montreal Alouettes. I'm not sure if what Jonathan Crompton did in half a season last year will translate to a full season. He looked competent. He might make me look wrong, but I look behind Crompton and I don't see a lot of names on that depth chart because, let's face it, outside of Henry Burris in Ottawa, you needed your backup quarterback for every CFL team last year. And I look behind Crompton and if he goes down, he's the best option in Montreal. There's yeah. not a lot of experience behind him. There's some talent there. But there's not a lot of experience. I would say the same thing goes for Ottawa. I think Henry Burris had a bit of an off year. Yes, they added some receivers, but... I still don't see that offensive line coming together and, and keeping old man Henry up a whole lot uh, as well. I, I hate to say it, but I would almost avoid the Edmonton Eskimos. They were the top wow. scoring quarterback team of last year, but Mike Riley gets hurt so easily, and you're still into that same situation where you have a guy that you're, it's, you can almost bank that Mike Riley is going to miss games next year. Do you want him missing a game and costing you perhaps a playoff game in your fantasy league, only because he plays with such a reckless style. I love watching the guy, and I'd love to have a chance to talk to him. He's a great player. He's a treat to watch. But as far as three quarterback squadrons, I'm, I'm staying away from. And, and you know what? Full disclosure for all our listeners, if you don't know, although I work in Saskatchewan Sports Radio, I am a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan, born and raised. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to do a better job of keeping Drew Willie upright, but I would also avoid them. So there's that's, that's half the league I'd avoid, Travis. <laughs> This is hilarious because I actually had a buddy. He asked me, man, you're a Ryder fan. You're going to do nothing but pump their tires. You're so biased. <laughs> well, I'm a Ryder fan living in Red Deer, Alberta with Edmonton Eskimo season tickets. <laughs> you're a Bomber fan in Saskatoon covering the Riders. So I don't think we have to worry about bias. Now, this is funny because you named four teams that you're avoiding this year when it comes yeah. to quarterbacks. None of them were on my list. So oh, Wow, so we want to avoid the entire league, basically. Yeah, so here's my reasoning. Okay. I'm not touching Toronto. Now, I know they have Trevor Harris. Yeah. He's, he's mobile. He gives them, you know, that upside. But when's Ricky Ray going to play? Well, he's throwing, uh, as of the day that we were recording this, he was still throwing tennis balls, not taking part in training camp. But I think uh, I will respectfully disagree with you because I think there's some really good versatile weapons in Toronto. Andre Dury and a kid by na the name of Anthony Coombs who missed a big chunk of last year. I covered the University of Saskatchewan Huskies, and I got to watch that guy up close and personal. I think you or I could play quarterback back there with some of the weapons Toronto's going to have this year and still put up a decent showing. So you think they'll be able to, you know, uh, support him with some swing passes and things like that? And Dury and Coombs are both Canadian. Yeah, so well, that's it. I mean, when you've got two dynamic Canadians are going to be hitting the field all the time for Toronto. They can essentially back up each other because they have such similar skill sets. Yeah. So to me, I, I wouldn't be as scared as, as of Toronto as you were, because to me, Toronto, you might be able to get in, in a late round because most drafts are going to take place during training camp. Let's face it, Ray's probably not going to play a lot. If Ray's there, there might be the number one pick. If he's not, I think he still get decent production. What are you doing with the BC Lions and Travis Lule? I'm uh, I'm staying away. Uh, but uh, I, I I'm st as a whole, 
BC Lions at quarterback and BC Lions as a whole. I read an interesting stat from uh, from the guys of the BC Lions den on Twitter. Uh, I forget if it was a retweet or something they tweeted themselves saying that they fully anticipate 23 of the 46-man roster is going to be turned over coming into this year. So you know what? They've proven that organization with Wally Buono has proven time and time again they'll find it. I just don't know if they're going to find it till about week six. Thankfully, the CFL season doesn't really start till Labor Day, so I still see BC doing good things, but I'd stay away from them early season. If you can get maybe the Lions quarterbacks in a trade later, that might be, or again, I'll, I'll take a late round quarterback pick because once we're done discussing quarterbacks, I'll tell you another strategy that paid off for me this past year. And now I'm a Ryder fan, and I want to believe... Darian Durant coming off the surgery. I don't know. I I, I want to really? be sh- I want to be sure with my picks. I think you're sure with Hamilton. I think yep. you're sure with Calgary. Calgary. So if you have those, even Winnipeg, I might I might and Edmonton. I do like Edmonton. I think uh, Riley. He he's got those receivers and those weapons around him as well. But Saskatchewan. I I want to believe. I know Darian Durant is a warrior. But the the elbow and the weapons. I mean, really, it's Getzlaff and Dressler, and well, I, I, I know and, they're bringing get, Richardson in and the, you know these other guys. But I don't know. I'm not sure. And and Chris Getzlaff is a guy that uh, kind of going aside, and we'll get more into this with with our next episode where we're going to yeah. get more into some in depth rankings. But Chris Getzlaff is a guy personally I'd be avoiding. Uh, he's a good guy. Does a lot of stuff here in Saskatchewan, but he just he seems to have lost the step. And yeah, and last year was a tough year for him. He was banged up. I think the yeah. hammies were bugging him. And but I don't. I think I, I I don't remember the comment he said, but I believe it was to the Regina Leader Post that he basically said, "I'll never be a hundred percent ever again." So that worries me when a guy starts talking like that. But as far as the Riders as a whole, even before Durant went down, he wasn't putting up big yardage. They had a really no. nice blend with Anthony Allen coming out of the backfield and Jerome Messam's going to be there for a full season. I'm with you. I think Darian Durant will come back and be just as strong as ever. And if he goes down again, Kevin Glenn will give them some nice production. But actually, uh, Jacques Chapeldain, uh using all the weapons around Durant, I see him having, I see the Riders being very good this year, but I don't see a lot of production from the quarterback spot. I could see a lot of points, though, going for Anthony Allen and Jerome Messam. Now, before we get too deep, remember, I threw out a tease when we were talking some quarterbacks there. I threw a yeah. tease at about my draft strategy that might have paid off for me. Last now, year. Now, I, can, do you know what it is? I'm just going to let you. You and I have played fantasy football against each other for a while. What's another risky draft strategy that paid off for me in the past couple years? You waited on quarterback. You just took him last. You know what? And that's another big reason why I think uh, I'm the champion. Uh, but that is one <laughs> thing I did. I waited to the last – because you have to think with fantasy, the most you're going to have is an eight-team league. Yeah. And you and I were talking, there's there's about two teams. There's two teams that you and I agree that we would take, the Calgary Stampeders and the Hamilton Tiger Cats at the quarterback positions. So the way yep. I look at it, it's a bit of a crapshoot outside of them. You're yes. an injury away from all of a sudden somebody you don't want starting. And, uh, again, just a friendly reminder, I won our league, uh, Pilsner Nation as it's called, uh, <laughs> last year with uh, picking a quarterback last. Just want to throw that out there again. Yeah, I, I can cut your mic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and with every fantasy season, they have what I call 
sexy picks, like they're they're overrated guys. I don't know if they're going to live up to the hype. I want to start with Michael Sam, and we did touch on you know defensive line when it comes to drafts, but yeah. you know. That if Sam sticks with this team, there's yeah. going to be somebody in every league taking him way too early. Do you think he even cracks the top ten in uh, defensive lineman stats? Uh, it's it's tough, and I only say this because if he was coming right out of college where he was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, I would say yes. you got to remember, Michael Sam's had a year off. He, he went on Dancing with the Stars. He's been out of the game for a year. He's been staying in shape. By all accounts, he's in great shape. And personally, what he's doing is historic and groundbreaking, and I want to see all the best for the young man. But yeah. to me, he will go higher because he's a name. Just like in our draft last year, you saw Chad Ochocinco go a, a little oh, high, yeah. which surprised me. Didn't somebody take him in the first round in our draft? Oh, yeah. He went super early. And by the way, if the Owls have Sam and Johnson this year, that's two Dancing with the Stars contestants. <laughs> does anybody want to do? That's ever happened in pro sports. Does anybody want to do fantasy Dancing with the Stars next uh, season? <laughs> Tra- Travis, I've seen you cut a rug, and I know my skills. Uh, it, right. it, it won't be good. All right, so there won't the two and out podcast will not be involved in Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> nice. So a lot of people, I think, they underrate. When an American comes up to learn the Canadian game, because let's face it, one yard off the ball is advantage offensive yeah. tackle. Yeah, so. but to me, Michael Sam will be a guy that, that I think he's going to start slow. And he might be, if you can watch him, I could see him by the time he learns the Canadian game. you got to remember, this kid was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. That's that's no joke of a conference. No, I no. Could, I could see... By about Labor Day, he's starting to get a feel, you know, maybe that's when you make a move for him. As far as taking him early in your draft, I wouldn't. If he's still on the board, absolutely I'd take him. But if he starts slow and you can get him for a good value trade, maybe as a throw-in, I would absolutely go after him because I think he's going to do well. He's got the athletic ability to do well later in the season once he learns the Canadian game. And I, I see him as those kind of guys that Jim Pops love. And you got to think, too, Montreal's, Montreal plays a true... Four, three, and all four of those guys along the line are international. So, I mean, Sam's definitely going to have a, he's going to be on the field. He's got good leadership there in Montreal to learn from, yeah. too. John yes. Bowman, like, the, the guy's never, never had a bad year, and he just keeps on pumping out great years. So, he's a good leader there. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago, Corey Chamberlain, coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, ended up saying that Nick Dembski has some Andre Dury in him. Yes. That is big words. I know they're both Canadian, but Dury has, man, he's proven himself over the past few years. He is a weapon in Toronto. You know what? I, I think Nick Dembski, I've had a chance. Again, I'm a little biased because I've had a chance to watch this kid firsthand playing for the Manitoba Bisons. I mean, like, yeah. he was a husky killer, man. Like, I remember <laughs> he sits up in the press box. If you have a chance, go to YouTube and watch the trick play that they run in the playoff game against the Saskatchewan Huskies. Dembski ends up taking the snap and throws it to the quarterback, Jordan Yance, who makes the catch in the end zone. The old Clemson play. It's incredible. It was heartbreaking for all of us there <laughs> oh, watching the Huskies. Rough. But, I mean, I can tell you, you know, Nick Dembski is going to be a top-flight CFL player a few years from now on this podcast. You and I are going to be talking about him about a first overall draft pick. Wow. This year, though, the Riders, this year, I again, I wouldn't buy high on him. He's got a lot of attention. And, and that's one thing. When you're playing in fantasy leagues, 
you got to think, law of averages, at least half your team is Ryder fans. Yeah, yeah. Half your league is Ryder guys. They always get a little overvalued. Now, if I could get Nick Dembski with one of my last picks, I'd take him. Only because the last time the Ryder started a rookie receiver was Weston Dressler. And even then, Dressler took a little while to get into that lineup. Dembski's a guy I keep an eye on, but you're right. I think he's a sexy pick that's going to go high, and guys are going to be a little disappointed. The Riders have a few veteran receivers. Uh, they got lots of import guys that they're probably going to start at wide out. I mean, you got Dressler's spot. you got Jamal Richardson. Chris Getzlaff is already there. they got kids that are ahead of him uh, as far as depth chart is concerned. I said last year, training camp, I like the look of Alex Perchalski. Alex Perchalski was a draft pick from 2014. He was a kid that he reminds me of a Chris Getzlaff, but but healthy. I could see him stepping in before you maybe see Nick Dembski in his first year. But as far as natural talent, holy crap, Nick Dembski is just like... He makes he makes me. I want to be Nick Dembski when I grow up. <laughs> well, like, you're never wow. going to grow up. So, <laughs> and there's one more sexy pick. Now, I did say I would avoid Toronto quarterbacks. They just signed a few weeks ago Blake Sims from uh, Alabama. Now, this is where a lot of people are going to overrate him, and yeah. I don't think and they might pick Toronto quarterbacks because of that. But the guy is an athletic freak, and they might actually put him maybe at running back or maybe even put him at try to convert him to a slot back. But I don't know how much he's going to see the field at all this year. I think this is a long-term move. Well, you got to think, any any kid that's coming out of uh, playing in the States is yeah. going to be a long-term move and a long-term development project as well, too. So if I think Ricky Ray, maybe he comes back later this year. He plays next year, maybe one more, and then at that point, is Blake Sims going to take over in Toronto? Absolutely is. Yeah, and that would be awesome. So this is this is not a 2015 kind of move at all. I know he's got the great highlight reel, but he's still got to learn that Canadian game. But a lot of guys have great highlight reels. I mean, you look at me when I was a 16-year-old hockey player. I had a great highlight <laughs> reel, and now I'm just a fat radio announcer. <laughs> Oh, I love that. So, <laughs> what I, I speak truth, Trav. You've known me long enough, but dating back to our inter your intern days with me, that yeah. uh, you you know I'm uh, I speak nothing but truth. Yeah, like back then I was a fat high school kid. Now I'm a fat radio announcer. So nothing really changed. <laughs> so, is there still some uh, training camp, you know, storylines you're following into the season? Well, there there's a bunch of them. I mean, I I think when you look at when you look at camp, you have to look at oh boy, you can almost you can almost go team by team. But I mean, I'm gonna I, look at myself what I'm what I'm taking a look at here professionally with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders again. Training camp is here in Saskatoon, where I reside, and I'm going to be the guy covering a lot for for my radio station. And I'm just looking, you know, you got a new D coordinator, you got a healthy Darian Durant coming back, you got them trying to work in some new pieces, you got them trying to figure out the ratio. I still don't know if they know what they're going to do exactly with the ratio. So I think that's going to be really interesting. Another one, I find Toronto so intriguing. Not only because of the Ricky Ray thing, but I mean, technically, David Bradley still owns that team. Yeah, I guess until the end of the year. Now, the thing I wonder is Braley, and again, I won't be one, I'm not going to tee off on him, because let's face it, if it wasn't for David Braley owning two teams, and you can say, you can criticize the job he did in Toronto, but let's face it, if David Braley does not step up and, and buy the Argos, they don't exist today. 
Oh, I completely agree with that. So I'm not going to blast Braley, but let's face it. The man has one team that makes money in the BC Lions, and the Toronto Argonauts were not making money whatsoever. So he cut every corner. Now, what I find intriguing in a Toronto, I mean, they're like... Their, pl- their offices are in trailers, and they don't really have a home. They don't really have a training facility. Yeah. I know a new one's being built, but is it the new regime that's going to start paying the bills and get them proper marketing and proper staffing and things like that? Or is it still going to be the frugal ownership of Braley this season? That one, to me, is going to be interesting to watch. I've mentioned it before with the quarterback battle in Montreal. I... I like Jonathan Crompton. Is he going to be back? Uh, how are the Red Blacks going to look in their second year? They add a lot of nice pieces in the offseason. Uh, but a little bit of weird news out of Ottawa uh, this week, Trav, that I read. I read that that their season ticket renewals are down 20%. I did see that as well. I, I did hear that they're actually right on par with... This time last year, so there's still okay. there still is some time before the season before people either renew. And you got to think there were a lot of people last year. Maybe they weren't football fans, and yep. they were like, "Wow, this is awesome! This this is hyped up! This is great!" So we're going yep. to uh, buy season tickets. Maybe it's not their thing. You never know, but they're, I think, the fourth biggest market in Canada. Uh, I think by the time the season rolls around, it won't be... You expect maybe a little bit of drop-off, because they only had two wins last year. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's that's natural. You only had two wins last year. You're going to lose some of your casual fans. There's a couple things I'm... Because we're drafting our league next week, and there's a couple things I really want to keep an eye out on. Now, there's some new running backs that I think are going to be very hot picks. I don't think overrated at all. Paris Cotton's going to get a shot for the full year in Winnipeg. Yep. John White's going to get the full shot in Edmonton, I think. Yep. But Hamilton, they have three legit talents in the backfield, Gable, Madu, and Grigsby. I don't know how they're going to distribute the ball. I, I they are the new... Uh, Remember whenever you play NFL fantasy and you always joke that uh, in years gone by, you wish the Denver Broncos, you could just take them as a team of running backs? Yep, yep. That's the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We'll get into it more in our next couple weeks here, but I'm staying away from Hamilton running backs. Because I just don't know who's going to get the ball. Well, that's it. You don't know who the guy's going to be. All three of them are phenomenal athletes, and if they if they dealt one, I would be picking that guy in a hurry. If if he got dealt to someplace and got a starting job for sure, I'd be grabbing him in a hurry. But yeah, that that three headed monster. Remember the last time a three headed monster was tried in Edmonton? Oh, they had who was it? It was it was Corey Boyd, Jerome Messam, and I was can't it remember McCarty the third too. Guy. Yes, yes. But so they had that they had that three headed monster, and nobody was happy. No. They won some games, but I mean nobody really <laughs> lit it up. Yeah, so I think one of these guys is going to get traded uh for sure. There's another situation I am watching before the draft of the Calgary receivers because yes. last year they almost had too many receivers. Now, yep. pe- people are leaving. Mo Price is gone. He's in Ottawa. And I think we're going to get a full season of Eric Rogers and Jeff Fuller at, at wideout in Calgary. Well, another when we're talking about receivers, another guy I picked up that really helped me actually clinch our league was Ernest Jackson. I picked him up late. And that's another thing. When He's you're a big drafting, boy, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're drafting, you're, especially in the CFL, Guys kind of come out of nowhere every single year. Another yep. good draft tip, don't fall in love with a guy. 
Don't be afraid to cut him loose and go for the hot hand because sometimes the Canadian League, you get a guy like Ernest Jackson that, again, you might not have heard of him a whole lot heading into when he really started taking off. But once he took off, you ran with him and you did a lot of good things. Now, there's a couple of rule changes, and uh, before we wrap up the show, I do want to talk about how maybe they will affect fantasy football this year. Now, fantasy football itself is making some pretty cool changes. Instead of just having the individual kicker, they are going to have team kickers. Interesting. So, so I, I'm not sure if maybe you have the option when you're setting up your league if that'll affect the ratio, but they're also doing something else. Instead of just having the team for special teams, they're scrapping that. So, so you'll be able to pick individual. So guys will get their individual marks for so so. Uh, Brandon Banks all of a sudden out of Hamilton becomes a hundred times more valuable. Yeah, you line him up at receiver. Yeah, and and hope he gets those yards. Much like I know that's a move that that you and I are in the same NFL league as well, and that's a move that we did with some mixed success yeah. uh, in our league. I really like it. I I like that. So that to me, all of a sudden on my draft board which I, I still just a whole bunch of names on a floor and on a whiteboard and <laughs> paper cutouts right now. But on my draft board, I obviously, I move a guy up like, I definitely move a guy up like that. And Chad Owens gets the ball nonstop. And guess who's coming back to the CFL this year? Chris Williams. And yes, he, don't forget about him. That's a guy that you're definitely going to want to take a flyer on in Ottawa. So you know in Ottawa, A, he's going to be utilized as a receiver, and B, his return game is still strong. And not not all the time do these rule changes affect fantasy football, but the big change this year for returns is those five interior linemen, they cannot pursue the kick returner until the ball is actually kicked. So you give Banks... Owens, Williams, that extra whatever it is, second, and they will they'll burn you and they'll get those extra fantasy points. Am I the only one who wants to call up Gizmo Williams and say, Gizmo, could you imagine if those guys had to wait how many you would have run back? <laughs> yeah, man, how many more backflips would we have seen from Gizmo? <laughs> this this year with these rule changes, uh, you mentioned the punt return one. The other one I think is going to be really interesting is the cut and dry no contact after five yards from a defensive back on a receiver. There's no more hand checking. There's not going to be a lot of touching. Like <laughs> That is going to explode receiver stats, I think. Oh, I think you might see some you might see some video game ish scores. Yeah. I mean we might see games in into the like you might consistently see games into the thirties. Oh yeah. Hell a Red Blacks inter squad game from last year could have went to forty again forty two forty one. With a game winning rouge kicked by Rob Maver. So let's not forget that the Red Blacks actually won a game last year 7-5. So. <laughs> and they beat my Bombers, too. <laughs> they took uh, the Riders to, what, overtime. So they were they lost close games last year. I think they're going to be better this year. Uh, yeah, best best Rider game of the year. I had oh, tickets. Yeah. I had to turn them down because I work. I gave them to my wife. And oh, she goes no. back, oh, my God, that was awesome. <laughs> So a, a couple other changes. Uh, the convert, instead of you know just being a gimme, I think last year there was a ninety nine point two percent rate or success rate or something like that. Now they're pushing that back twenty yards. And uh, you, you and I could hit a convert at last year's distance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now kicking it from the thirty two. 
I like the challenge. I do, because I'm with you. I want to see this inspire teams to go for two a little bit more. Because all of a sudden, a 32, that's no chip shot. You know, you got to no. make sure that ball is down. And I mean, how many times have we seen a kicker just hammer through a bad snap on a convert or a, or, or a ball that, got, that slipped out of the holder's hands? Instead, yep. now what you're going to see, you're going to see a difficult, a difficult shot for <laughs> these kickers. And, yeah, it's... Uh, I, that one's going to be real interesting to me, and I think you're going to see a real uptick in two-point conversions. And I hope, because again, let's face it, unlike you know automatic NFL coaches, these CFL coaches, they all got some cojones, and they go, yeah. wait a minute, I might be able to score two here with our giant end zones and our rules that are better than the NFL. I think I could see a lot of guys going for it. Hashtag no lead is safe. That'll help when the uh, two-point converts are done from the three. Uh, oh, couple other changes no yards instead of if your return is bigger than five yards you're still going to get that five yards tacked on so that should get rid of that and then there's a couple other rules that are just the goal is to increase tempo of the game now offenses are allowed to signal to the ref whether they want to make substitutions or not, yep. or they can just keep going and going and going. In the past, he had to wait for the defense to let them uh, do substitutions. Now, no. To me, that's going to hurt defensive stats in the NFL, in the CFL. Absolutely. Because I think you're going to see there's a lot of defensive backs who could stay on the field and stay on there pretty well forever. But now you're going to see guys need to sub because let's face it, uh, if a team goes hurry up, let's let's again let's use the Riders for an example. If they go hurry up with some of their weapons at receiver and the depth of their offensive line and the skill of their offensive line, they can really start burning some teams. You're going to have some teams gasping for some oxygen yeah. after a couple of series. So I could see defensive stats, you know, maybe dropping a little because you're going to see more guys get involved in the game. And I like the rule as a guy who likes sitting and uh, I watch a lot of football and I know you watch a lot of football for the pure, I mean, defensive players have to be just like pulling their hair out, going crazy about these rule changes. But from a pure watching standpoint, damn, it's going to be good. Now, uh, more on the tempo side, plays get blown in immediately when the ball and the sticks are set, and the coaches now can't request a measurement, so that's pretty big. I do want to get your thoughts on the rule changes as a whole. To me, it feels like a panic move. Yep. Last year, the scoring was down, which I attribute to uh, the expansion. The, the Red Blacks came in, the Canadian talent's a little bit thinner, so maybe the scoring is down, or maybe the defensive players are just that much better right now. Now it's like, oh, we got to change it. we got to add scoring. It just yeah. it seems like almost gimmicky and panicky to me. Well, the CFL has never been afraid to make a change. No. And I'm with you. The expansion really diluted the Canadian talent because you look at some clubs going into last year. You know, I would say there is only three with solid Canadian talent in Hamilton, Saskatchewan, and Calgary. Mm-hmm. Look who, minus a Darian Durant arm explosion, look who <laughs> all had relatively good seasons. So you make that, like you look at a team like Winnipeg, that's after the Joe Mack gong show where the team completely was just lost as far as Canadian talent was concerned. Yep. Then you take, I mean, Winnipeg's Canadian talent was so bad, Ottawa took a guy and said, we know you're not signing with us, go back to Winnipeg, it's okay. <laughs> Like, of course the Canadian talent's going to be bad. I'm with you. It's a complete overreaction. But, again, it's going to be entertaining as hell. Just 
Just don't ask a defensive player that. Guys, I don't think you're going to see a lot of seven of fives unless they're unless teams are playing in monsoon season, much like the Ottawa Red Blacks. Did. And to be fair, I think that seven to five game was in a monsoon, but 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 still seven five like. That's that is, a good. That's a good hockey score. Never mind a bad football score. Yeah, exactly. I would love to see uh, some of those scores in hockey. I, I think that about does it for our uh, two and out CFL podcast, the debut episode. Some more things coming. Uh, the next episode, we're gonna focus on the East Division, the fantasy weapons there, and then yep. after that, we'll focus on the West Division to help you get ready for your draft. Does this mean I have to start researching? Yes. I was, too busy, I was too busy thinking of like the old timey football call from like a seven to five game. <laughs> and he's back to punt. Oh, and in the linebacker, running back and kicker has kicked it through the end zone. It's a rouge. Good old score. <laughs> the Ottawa Renegades lead yeah. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders six to two. A real yeah. bond murder of the ninety of the twenty nine Grey Cup. Yeah, so if I could change a rule and make the rouge worth Two points. Of course you would. <laughs> because I love that when they when they're in the end zone and they punted back. That is that to me is Canadian and that is so exciting. And if you're an American and you watch that, I guarantee they would love it. Well, like, if that, they knew what the hell awesome. was going on, yeah. it was a few years back. Uh, was it Toronto and Montreal? Yes, they, they had that melee in the end zone. Like I think was Cleo Lemon the quarterback of that time. <laughs> Legendary Cleo Lemon. Let's bring him back. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing these days. You think he's selling insurance someplace? I wonder for if, for an insurance plug if he'd come on the show. Would you buy insurance from Cleo? Let's find him. Let's let's tweet him. Let's get him on the show. Well, you know he's not giving it away. <laughs> I'd buy life insurance from Cleo Lemon to get him on the show. <laughs> All right, the quest to find Cleo Lemon on the Two and Out podcast. (laughs) So that does it for today. Subscribe on iTunes, rate, review, whether you think we're a bunch of goofballs or actually okay. Follow on Twitter, like on Facebook, Two and Out CFL. Travis Cura and John Fraser, it's the Two and Out CFL podcast. We'll talk to you soon.